the fire. We need to be prepared for the challenges that come and trying to be a positive, virtuous, reconstructive voice in this very deconstructive world. It may be hard to be the voice of God's no and God's yes, but our humanity depends on it. God's no and God's yes calls us ultimately to love, to beauty, to praise, to sacrifice, to commitment, indeed to all the virtues that make life worth living in this world and the next. There are some compromises we should never make. That's why church and family are more vital than government. Welcome to Through the Fire, cutting through the passions, clearing the smoke of the cultural confusions of the world today. Talking God's love and God's solutions from a biblical Christian worldview. And now, here's your host, Marie and Gregory Seltz. The doctors are in. Hello, hello, I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. And we are Through the Fire, where we talk about the tough issues in the culture today and we face them with some psychological and theological explanations and applications that we hope will bless you. And today we are going to talk about ripping up the plywood, aren't we? Yeah, We're going to talk about rip- beauty. That's right. Re- ripping up the plywood, restoring beauty temporarily and eternally. That's another way of talking about living the life of faith in God, not just for oneself, but for others. And we are in the midst of Christmas, right? Yeah. We just experienced Christmas. And for Christians, it begins after the 25th. Yeah, it goes into, the, into January. It's, it's, the new, it's the way to face the New Year's, actually. That's right. It's in, a, a lot of people think it ends at the 25th, but that no, is not true for Christians. And there's no greater example of a person living a, a life of virtue, morality, mercy, striving for beauty than Jesus And he lived that way, not for himself, but for others. In fact, for all of us. And his people seek to do the same. Well, uh, Marie, it sounds like you have a reconstruction theme going on in your head. And Uh I think that's maybe that's (laughs) happening because we've literally been redoing our whole house lately, haven't we? <laughs> uh, it could be. I mean, it's been amazing what's been going on at the Seltz household. I mean, yes. we did start with the kitchen and that was by choice. But then there was, you know, there were the outside issues that had to be attended to. And before you know it, the whole house was under siege and rocking and rolling and loud banging everywhere. Everywhere. And listen, listen, I got to say this. I, I got to admit that you've been pretty calm through the whole thing. And uh, I'm actually kind of am. amazed It's our by dog it, right? that is panicking, having anxiety <laughs> issues. Well, that's true. She's been not too happy. But Look, Not I think you're a pretty good you're a pretty good general contractor. That's what I got to say. <laughs> Why, thank you. I mean, yeah. it has been crazy. I mean, really, really crazy. Lots of things falling off the walls, breaking. Yes. It's been <laughs> it's been incredibly loud. But I, I'm pretty glad that it's over now. Right. Um, and to be honest, the place is starting to look pretty darn good. Well, it's always looked beautiful, like I've said, but now it looks refreshed and cozy. Yeah, it um, but it took a lot of work. And I guess that goes to our theme today in trying to be a constructive moral, virtuous voice in the world, uh, even if we're trying to do what's right, it's going to be tough. So like we've had some tough times refreshing the house, there's no doubt, but you can't just tear things down and leave them be. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it's going to be tough for the church, tough for believers, even if we're trying to do the right thing, because the people that are secular and progressive, let me mm-hmm. say this, they're taking our language from us. They're using language like equality, humility, civility, service, but they're really covering up real virtue. They're covering up real uh, morality or dispensing Mm -hmm. with it, even tearing down the beautiful Mm -hmm. things uh, that are beautiful on God's terms. So 
Like, I'll give you an example. They're calling abortion now a civil right, like it's a beautiful mm -hmm. thing. And they're reclassifying <laughs> pregnancy as a disease, not the mm -hmm. joyful experience God meant for moms and dads. They're, they're renaming sexual perversions as merely points on a spectrum of identity, tearing down the uniqueness of family and the virtue of sexual intimacy within the committed relationship of a marriage, and even to talk about the uniqueness of it. Like, we, even if we disagree with other folks and they disagree with us, we used to do that in civility. Now you can't. If you have this particular biblical worldview, you got to be ready to actually experience the wrath of people who disagree with your, your point of view. So, you know, the list goes on and on and on. It does. And it's not just something that is um, being thrown at adults for us to right. contend with, but also, I mean, it's being taught to our children. And to our children. It, it, Even at just, work, yeah. you know, yeah. It, yeah, it's really tough. And even the tone of the public discussion is an issue, you know, but the rules of the discourse are being radically changed at the moment with the end game of eliminating the beauty of the biblical, traditional, moral uh, worldview in the public square. Right. And see, one of the things, and, and I say this to the church now, not, you know, one of the things that believers don't understand is that today we're going to have to fight, fight for our right to have this biblical worldview and all of its wisdom. But, but here's where it's even harder. We have to even fight to share it with other people. And, mm -hmm. and, you know, honestly, if you really believe in this, you believe that God wants these good things, these beautiful things for everyone. So I always tell people, you know, while the First Amendment is, uh, you know, it's an important thing, defending our right, it's not about defending our right. It's about we want to be able to live this way and share this way of living uh, because mm -hmm. we think it's a beautiful thing. So living moral, virtuous lives committed to bringing the beauty of God's word to the world that's what's the most important thing of all, and, and, yeah. and that's getting tougher and tougher to do. Yeah, and I think that Christians today have been seduced a bit, really, by the fight for what's mine, spirit right. of culture. You know, we've forgotten that life, the beautiful, moral, virtuous life, was meant to be lived not for ourselves but for others. And right. one of the ways to get emotionally, psychologically healthy is to begin to look away from yourself, like we talked about last podcast. Look to God, look to others, and begin to see life as this wonderful adventure, not endless self-introspection. I mean, it's a time to realize that someone has um, been covering up the beauty of the world that God has ordered with our sinful, cheap imitations. It's like covering up the beautiful wood floors in some of the beautiful homes of 100 years ago, covering them up with plywood and carpeting. When you go to remodel or repair, don't merely re-carpet, rip up the carpet, rip up the cheap plywood, get down to those beautiful floors and reclaim them. That's what's right. happening in our society today. The beauty of sex and intimacy in marriage is being cheapened with one-night stands and multiple divorces. But, you know, God calls us to keep painting his beautiful picture for who we were created, redeemed, and graced to be. You know, and I was just listening. Um, uh, Jordan Peterson said something. He said, the two correlate. If you, The more you think about yourself, the more miserable you're going to be. Oh, yeah. And, and just exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. I mean, that's the data, the, you know, the, the psychological data, but it's also the biblical truth. So, again, you're back to this construction metaphor. You're, you're, you're ripping up carpeting. You know, we, we've got to stop someplace, dear. We, we can't, we cannot keep <laughs> well, bathrooms doing bathrooms are next, honey. Bathrooms <laughs> no, are next. No, no. <laughs> but, but again, you've got, I, I love you have the zest and zeal. So you're ripping up the plywood, but it's not that you're tearing in just to tear down. You're tearing in to restore or get back to foundational things that really hold. And I think that's also what's missing today, too. But yeah, let's, you, you, but again, you're, you're talking about restoration more than anything else, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I mean, you might be right. In order to, to get 
you know, the outside of our home done. They had, they did have to tear off the old stuff and that was traumatic right. so that they could put on the new, the, the enduring, the beautiful. So sometimes you do have to rip off the old things. Right. But my metaphor actually was about this old house that I saw renovating on the internet and the owners had put plywood and carpeting over these absolutely beautiful, beautiful mahogany wood floors. Wow. Uh, when they tore off the ugly carpeting, they uncovered beauty that was already there and they restored that. And that was precious. And I think that believers are to be people who strive with that restoring reconstructive spirit in the world. I love yeah. the Bible verse in Philippians. I've always loved it where it says, and this is Philippians four um, verses eight through nine that says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. Wow. I mean, that is such a great verse because it tells you where to focus and then tells you how to get to work. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I, I, there was a writer we had who wrote an article for us uh, at the uh, Lutheran Center for Religious Liberty in D.C. His name is Dr. Peter Scare, and, mm -hmm. and he said this one time. He's a and, good and writer. I really he, enjoy reading his he work. He is. He really is. And he takes on some tough issues. And he says, look, you know, he's talking about us church people. And he was talking about how it's a tough time to be people who try to be faithful to the word of God. He says, but we have good things to say. We have mm -hmm. ultrasounds to show. We have the equality of all persons. That's what we believe. We have the joy of boyhood and girlhood, moms and dads and real marriage, which begins to knit a web of relationships that include grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles and cousins. We have biology and sociology and medicine. And yes, we have the Lord. Or better yet, we cling to the Lord's words because speaking the truth, his truth, the biblical truth, takes a bit of courage in our cancel culture. But then he says, but we can hang together or we can hang separately, <laughs> but we're never alone. So if we seek to please the Lord, we will, in fact, help our neighbor. And I would add, even if he disagrees with us, uh, we'll help the littlest among us we'll, uh, who are waiting to be born, the confused children among us who just need a little love and patience and a little guidance. So we have beautiful things to say. Mm -hmm. And that's beauty in action. And our world needs more of that today, and that, that's for sure. And in my work, you know, I see that all the time. And, you know, it's, it's so difficult because... People are are sad. People get you know worried, and they get focused and drawn into some of these distractions and ways of thinking, or that are culturally correct, acceptable, right. right? And and instead of thinking of the things that God says that we should strive for, and regarding mental health, you know, striving uh, for beauty is very powerful. You know, focusing on things of beauty. One of the most powerful things that we can do when we want to lift our spirits is to get outside into right. God's creation, the things that we did not create ourselves, but that God created for us, and to connect with that, to feel the air on our faces, to breathe in fresh air, to look at the gleaming leaves on the trees, to look at the the life that's around us, the animals that are around us, and maybe otherwise we wouldn't even be noticed, but they're to put there at that time just for us, right, to yeah. reconnect. Yeah. That is something of beauty, and that's one of the most powerful things we can do. Sometimes I tell my clients, you need to put down to go for a walk, you know, a walk this week, and they don't understand that. What is what's the reason for that? And and but it's because the things of beauty, the things that we that can refocus us, will are so powerful. Yeah, it's just it's one of the most powerful things we can do. Well, you know, you just uh, just made me think of something. You know, a lot of times again, the biblical uh, narrative gets uh, caricatured in our secular age, and it talks about how we're supposed to, you know, 
we're supposed to seek dominion over the world, and people think of that as domination. No, 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 because God doesn't dominate us. God actually serves us. So God has dominion over us. But when you look in the Bible as to what that means, it means serve. It means care. It means love. The husband who's the head of the family is not supposed to be the tyrant. He's supposed to be the one who serves his family. And so, again, dominion is the same thing. Let the world take your breath away. See the opportunity. See the life all around you and revel in it and and be a restorative voice among it. So that's why I like to remind our church people, you know, in a world of secular chaos, we're not just supposed to hide behind this religious liberty that protects us Mm -hmm. in our culture. We're supposed to strive to be a voice of beauty um, in this world, or the ugliness of these things can get much worse. Um, Even as I get involved in the dirty work of politics, it's, it's just to ensure that God's beautiful, encouraging word, his protecting voice is heard by others. Um, mm-hmm. I remember when someone said, don't legislate your morality. And I first thing I said is, look, all legislation is morality, yours mm-hmm. or mine. Um, mm-hmm. But when we get involved, we're, we're just arguing God's morality for all because it's the most universal, the most all-encompassing, the most beneficial when you actually dig into the actual yeses and nos of the Bible. And so, again, as I think about this, we're just striving to actually make the world a more beautiful place. So Mm-hmm. whether it's the fourth, the fifth, uh, the c- commandments of God, um, you know, when you start to think about what those things are really doing, they're actually directing you to a more beautiful way of life. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, so engage, you know, engage and, and, and then get involved with people dialogically and, mm-hmm. and see where it goes. Yeah, let the discussions begin or better endure because they are always needed. And, right. and especially shun those who keep stifling other views. The sexual liberation of the 60s has been destructive to the family, to women, to men, to children, and yes, to society. All kinds of destructive activities can be traced to that selfish attitude of libertarianism, don't you think? Yeah, so we just can't say live and let live alone. You know, that's that's the political answer, right? But mm-hmm. but God tells us to share his view on these things, and he tells us about those things that are beautiful, so act on them. And I guess that's what's so sad today. The Bible's being accused of being a don't do this and don't do that kind of mm-hmm. book when it's a book about positive action, about God's action, about his beauty in, in, in action for the world and his call to action uh, for us to be those agents um, for others in his name. But- Yeah, better. I think that it calls and directs our passions so they are empowered and empowering rather than destructive, a two kinds of fire type of thing, don't you think? Hey, that sounds like a (laughs) podcast I really love. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. It's not only a two kinds of fire type of thing, it's a love, not the world, but reflect God's love in the world type of thing. So the golden rule becomes do unto others what you would have them do unto you. And we are called to love God with all heart, soul, strength, and neighbor as ourselves. Yeah, beautiful. I mean, again, Mm -hmm. so, you know, to be believers today, we've got to be committed to God's things on God's terms, even if that means we have to contend for our spot in the public conversation to share it with others. So there are going to be some struggles, folks. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, first of all, you're going to have to contend with your own internal struggles with God's word, because sometimes when God says no to us, that isn't the most positive thing we want to hear either. Mm -hmm. Um, But again, even God's no leads to God's yes, which is a beautiful thing. Uh, I just think of those times when a father or mother you know, said no to us when we were young for our own good. Mm-hmm. It took us a while as we grew up to realize that, that was a loving thing, but mm-hmm. a hard thing for them to do, you know? 
Yeah, that's what good parents do. And and we need to be prepared for the challenges that come and trying to be a positive, virtuous, reconstructive voice in this very deconstructive world. Right. Um, it may be hard to be the voice of God's no and God's yes, but our humanity depends on it. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, this moral view of life, um, which does seem to limit us sometimes and, mm-hmm. and direct us and challenge us. But again, it always proceeds or is directing us to God's gracious yes, the reality of his beauty in our life. So you cannot know grace until you know that what you were created to be, what God directed you to be, and why God had to rescue you even from your sins for this wonderful end. You know, I always love to quote Chesterton. He said, I didn't like the church when I was young because it always seemed like it was saying no to me until he realized that were those barriers, those no's were in place. It was so that real freedom could run wild. So right, wrong, civility, justice, mercy, grace, just punishment without God's beautiful moral foundation. Those words are not only meaningless, they can be destructive without knowing uh, where they're really rooted. Right, and that's a great point. I mean, God's no his, and, his, and God's yes calls us ultimately to love, to beauty, to praise, to sacrifice, to commitment, indeed, to all the virtues that make life worth living in this world and the next. Right. I mean, let, uh, let's look. Look, at first, there are some compromises we should never make. That's why church and family are more vital than government. Right. Always that's seek what... beauty. Go ahead. Well, I just want to jump in and just say that's why yeah. I work in Washington, because right yeah. now Washington says we're more important than church and family. And folks, we've got to turn that around in this country because mm-hmm. uh, church and family are more important in a civil, free, loving, beautiful society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, I had to no, say no, that. That's no, no, please we do. do I mean, well, yeah. I shouldn't say that. What is it? It's another Christmas miracle. Okay. <laughs> Please interrupt. I know. I love that. <laughs> I'm actually kind of enjoying this. So. Okay. But okay. Another thing is um, always seek beauty over slovenliness and yeah. genuine poetry over silly jingles and orthodoxy versus heresy, morality right. versus libertinism. I mean, yeah. those, I mean, listen, those are bet- the better choices, not just for us, but for everybody. Yeah, and people don't realize it's it's there are there are truths and there are mm-hmm. untruths and the untruths right. are destructive. Yeah, and people are trying to cloud those right now. Absolutely, make them very cloudy. Yeah, I mean even well things like take take care of the church better than the ball field, the stadium, the sports car, or your vacation home. You know where your treasure is. I think that's kind of what you were saying. You were talking about what the Bible says that where your treasure is, there is your heart, and where your heart is is the real issue. So you know, listen again, the church, God's people have, and we got not only fight for the right to be our ourselves. We want to be God's people for others. And that's what we're missing today. It's not just, let's get this right for ourselves. We're supposed to be agents of God's beauty. And and I think that's where the real work uh, is going to begin, especially in the days to come. Mm -hmm. In fact, that's what we are created for and redeemed to be in this world. Right. And right. and that's where the hard work of being a rebuilding, reconstructing voice of virtue and civility is a part of our Christian mission. And I like how you said that because, you know, that's that's the theme that you're talking about. You can't just destroy stuff. I mean, if when our house was laying, you know, when they ripped all the stuff out of the outside of our house and it's laying on the side, our house was disheveled outside. And it, I was like, we can't live this way. And thank mm-hmm. God we didn't have to for very long. But uh, so, you know, I, I think this all begins when we begin to realize that there's one thing in our life that makes our life worth living, people worth loving, work worth doing. And that one thing is, again, having our household, if you will, in in harmony with God, the God who loves us and, and the God who cares for us and who guides us. So we, mm-hmm. we must be such a community. 
In fact, people need to understand the whole point of being a Christian is to learn how to love people properly. And that's mm -hmm. why the Bible says they'll know we're Christians by how we love each other. Right. Um, seek the truth, uh, you know, but ultimately the truth in Christ, that's still the goal. And, and, and use your sanctified, biblical, moral, uh, directed common sense to critique what you're seeing, what you're hearing, and how you're doing things towards others. I mean, that's where this hard work begins. Mm -hmm. And be people of action, directing, you know, our passions towards uh, a relationship to God and to others. That's where our being directed by God's word can help recover what was and is beautiful again in our culture and our relationships with one another. So speak the truth, always mindful of what the role of the law, role of government is in our lives. Remember, it never saves, it never empowers, it just prevents. Right. And embody the truth. Get back to church. Go to Bible study, go to worship, and get back to serving those whom God is gathering around you. Who is in front of you that needs you and that only you can serve? Right. Um, that's an important thing to take note of. And, and not canceling culture, but challenging it, engaging it for the sake of culture and for the sake of sharing the gospel, which is the only solution for all on God's terms in Christ. Yeah, you know, I always tell people, why do you go to church? You know, they mm. all say, well, I go to church to hear the word of God. I go to church to hear about Jesus. I mean, that's all true. But I say, but you also go to church to learn to love people you don't like. <laughs> I know, you always say that. <laughs> well, I know that because it's the, the church is the only organization that gathers people to it. And then it says, now love them. Love them the way that I love you. And so it's actually received from Christ and then put it to work in, in the relationships that otherwise you would not do. I would say tear off the cheap substitutes if you have to, but always for the purpose of recovering what is and what was beautiful, restoring what it is, reconstructing what is beautiful, moral, merciful, and enduring in a world that presently seems to be hell-bent, unfortunately, on tearing everything down. Mm, amen. Yeah. Amen. Good discussion, honey. So in closing, remember there are two kinds of fire in the world. The one that burns and consumes. And the one that burns and empowers. May God's word and God's love burn brightly in you, giving you strength to face any fire. Continued Christmas blessings, little embers. I'm Marie. And I'm Greg. See, See you, you soon. soon. Through the Fire is a production of Family Vision Media. FamilyVisionMedia.org